0: The viewpoint eight to ten PM Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. Song on SAFM. Twenty
1: sixteen. Good evening again and especially good evening to you, Ingrid Wollard, professor at Stellenbosch and contributor to the Stellenbosch Business School's twenty twenty two women's report. How are you, Ingrid?
2: I'm good. Thanks for having me on the
1: show. Fantastic. Let's talk social grants. I have my views, rightly or wrongly, I have my views about social grants and I always like to engage this point early on, irrespective of what the guest is going to be telling us about in relation to social grants and how it affects particularly women and the girl child. The social grant system is something that, as a nation, we have to take on and take on head-on. Why? Because the number of beneficiaries can only increase at the rate at which things are going, one, and the value per recipient can only increase at the rate at which things are going. And on that account, against the strength of our economy, I put it to everybody that that is not sustainable. Something has to give. Now, make of that what you will, whilst you tell us about the woman's report in itself, particularly as it pertains to the social grants
2: so thank you so much I, I, um, you made a, a good point there about the fact that the social grant system is very large it's one of the biggest social grant systems in the world we have about 18 million people in south africa currently um, receiving grants and that excludes the the 10 million receiving the the temporary COVID grant mm. so it is a really really big system it is quite expensive it consumes about 12 percent of, of government's budget but I would say that it's a key part of government's anti-poverty strategy, and it's particularly important for women. So something that we don't talk about, I think, often enough, mm. is that 96% of the people receiving the child support grant are women, and about 60% of the people receiving the old age pension are women. So if you, if you take into consideration that women are less likely to be um, in the labor market, they're less likely to earn as much as men, they're often taking care of children. It's a key part of, of government strategy towards ensuring that, that women in particular are able to, to eke, out, um, uh, uh, eke out an existence. You know, the grants are not large amounts of money. They're very small amounts of money. Mm. But they do, they do play an important role in keeping millions of people out of poverty.
1: Yeah, sure, they do. There's absolutely no dispute about that. And I accept everything that you have said in relation to the facts. Just to touch on some of the critical issues. Absolutely, many African households, especially in the indigent spaces, are run by women, and that could be a structure of, for instance, our economy to which you made reference to the migrant labor system Mm. has an impact thereon, or just absent fathers in what should be their homes is an issue, and there are myriad of social problems that manifest in the need for the social grant. If altogether the social grant was not an option, whatever the circumstance that would precipitate it not being an option where would you propose the next best intervention would be so that the absence of that social grant wouldn't be of the kind of impact that we both know it would be if you just took it away now without any systems being put into place the point of this question is this what can we put in place mm. to have less reliance on the social grant system for 18 million people
2: yeah so I mean I think I think one needs to acknowledge that the, the grants are not some silver bullet, right? Mm-hmm. I mean this our, our our government is remarkably good at, at handing out cash grants. It's a very efficient system. But you're quite right, it can't it can't be the only part of the intervention in the economy. So we you know, we need to also be focusing on let's ensure that, that schooling is schooling is of high quality, that when kids exit school they have they have some skills in place. And they're perhaps able to, for example, create 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 jobs for themselves and, and for other people. So we you know, we need those big economic interventions in terms of saying how do we grow the economy, how do we ensure that, that more jobs are being created, how do we ensure that that people are more entrepreneurial than they are now. Mm. But that's not an overnight you know, that's not an overnight kind yeah, yeah. solution. Um, I mean that's a but that's I think you're right. One needs to think about what is the long run, um, rather than just constantly saying, Well, let's
1: put more focus on the grants. Sure. We're going to touch on these two issues. I thought it was necessary for us just to get them out of the way so that in the context of this conversation, people can then come in in terms of, of course, the importance and the need for social grants, more particularly in the economy, and in South African homes, as social protections are demanded mm. right now, but also precisely because we know this cannot be the silver bullet for all of our social problems. Mm. And perhaps we start, we need to start thinking of strategies, a new or different or modify, as the case may be, to be less reliant on the system. So I think within the spectrum or this pendulum of points, we can then talk to largely the women's report, specifically the salient issues that came through, And the matters that concern women especially and how social grants have got a far greater impact, say, than the value itself. I mean, the value is one thing, but what it actually does or has propensity to do for those homes or for those communities. And I think you can touch on and go to town in relation to telling us a little bit more that we might ordinarily miss because we are not recipients of the grants.
2: Thank you. Yes, so I I think, um, you know, there's now quite a, a large literature which shows that women that live in households that are in in receipt of the grants, either because there's a pensioner in in that household or because there are children that that are um, eligible for the child support grant, women in those households are actually more likely to be job seekers than those without any grants, which is an interesting finding. So it seems that um, the grant provides women with that small amount of money, which perhaps provides taxi fare, um, or allows them to pay somebody else to look after the children such that they can go out and look for work. So I think that's an important part of the story because I think often people are under this impression that you're getting a grant and therefore you stop looking for work, and that doesn't seem to be the case. It's entirely possible, of course, to get the CSG and be and be working. The, the, the means test for the child support grant is actually quite high. Um, but it does seem that there's something about knowing that you have this stable source of income that every month some money is coming into the household, which makes it possible to make childcare arrangements, which makes it possible to go to go and, and look for work. So that's one part of the story.
1: Mm.
2: Another part of the story is that there are some women, maybe maybe not large numbers, but certainly some women that use the grants as capital towards starting a small business. So some type of economic activity that you can then springboard, um, uh, you know, springboard from the grant into some other sort of small livelihood activities. So, again, then you're putting the grant to a sort of productive use. Obviously, also, you know, putting food on the table, sending your children to school, being able to pay for, for school uniforms is a very productive use. But they also seem to, there are certainly quite large numbers of examples of women that also use the money towards um, inputs into, into a small business. Another important aspect is, is we see that women that receive, the, that receive grants are also more likely to, to engage in, in um, activities such as belonging to stockpiles. Mm-hmm. So there seems to be something, again, about the fact that you have this reliable source of income, which then allows you to join together with other women and perhaps um, you know, and it, through, through that communal activity become more economically um, empowered.
1: In relation to the recipients of the grants, and again, I'm sort of going to speak to my bias with the hope that the more I engage this conversation, the more I get sharpened one way or the other against or with my bias so that I can just refine my arguments in relation to understanding this issue. I've always wondered whether or not it isn't time to introduce a mechanism that... I wouldn't use the words quid pro quo, but a transaction in relation to one receiving the grant purely because there's just no empowerment in receiving the grant and no more. Whereas perhaps you could inculcate a culture, national developmental inclined culture that says you can and will get a grant for so long as you qualify and however the qualification test is determined against your contribution to society, if it is going to be time, if it is going to be skill, whether improving the environment, whether spending time with the elderly, whether it's participating in some program or the other, where then one can account for one's time such that the receipt of the grant is that much more empowering as opposed to by being you get the grant. What are your thoughts in relation to that?
2: Yeah, so, I mean, I think it depends a lot on, on how you perceive the, who the true recipient of the grant should be, so the you know the child support grant is intended for the benefit of the child, and so if if you put a child focus on that, then I think it's hard to think about conditionalities on 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 the mother or the granny or whoever is is receiving the grant on behalf of the child. so I think that changes that one's you know what I, I, hopefully that that changes one's perspective a little bit in terms of mm. of thinking about. Fair can one point. put conditions on the grant? But, Fair you know, point. I think certainly when we start to think about more grants and, and should we not have some sort of grants for... Well, the
1: SRD is one example. The
2: SRD, exactly. The SRD is an example of that. But, so the SRD isn't... The Social Relief of Distress grant is very small. It's 350 rand a month. It's intended as a temporary COVID-related COVID relief. Um, you know, but, of course, COVID is, is, has tapered, but the economy hasn't, hasn't bounced back. So I'd, I'd completely accept your point that if one wants to think about more grants for people of working age, then does one want to perhaps tie that to some sort of training activity or what you described as some sort of social contribution? And I, I, think, I think there is space for that type of conversation. The only thing to bear in mind is that it, it makes mm-hmm. administration of the grant much more expensive. So as soon as you put conditionalities on the grant... You then need to think about how do you monitor that, who's going to do the checking, who's going to make sure that um, there, is, there is work available for people, et cetera, et cetera. So one does need to just balance that. Here you've got a very small amount of money. What you don't want to see is that then you end up with an administration cost which is which is very large in comparison to the value of the grant.
1: I wonder what your thoughts are at home in relation to this conversation. Professor Ingrid Willard and I are in conversation about, she's a contributor to the Stellenbosch Business School's 2022 Women's Report, a women and fiscal policy released by Stellenbosch Business School in partnership with the SA Board of People Practices to mark Women's Month in August this year. We're talking about social grants. The number two dial, of course, please listen carefully, it is a new number. It's 086-000-2032. 086-000-2032. That's the studio number. If you want to participate in this conversation, we certainly do encourage and implore you to do so. So go to town, send us your thoughts. The WhatsApp line has not changed. 614 104 WhatsApp line has not changed. 614 And let's get talking about social grounds with Professor Ingrid Woolard. Let's continue the conversation, Prof. Biggest rollout on the continent, South Africa doesn't have the money. At what point then do we start to engage the question of sustainability? For everything that you have said, you are right. But the reality, the money has to come from somewhere. Where that money is coming from, the tax base is not increasing. The opposite is true. What might be in store for this conversation in 10 to 15 years from now?
2: So, you know, the, the, in, for the past 20 years, Treasury has, has been able to, uh, to increase the value of the grants by at least inflation every year. Uh, but they've kept quite a careful watch on that. So, you know, we talk about this being unsustainable, but at the same time, we do have a very um, cautious National Treasury who are not going to, to let this, this go beyond the bounds of, of, of what's possible. So I, I think when – I hear you when you say the number of recipients is, is growing, but it's growing quite slowly. The value of the grants is increasing only with inflation. So we don't have a system that is, that is really expanding um, in, the, in the current setup. So we spend about 3% of GDP on, on, on the grants. That's been pretty much the case for the past 15 years.
1: I don't dispute the facts. What what I am trying to engage is, I mean, look, a grant system is important, but I don't think it is the hallmark of a nation that should be proud for, in fact, having a grant system the way the South African grant system is structured and for the reasons for which it is. Granted, the number might, in relative terms, not be growing, but what I do know is there are more grant recipients than there are people contributing to it. Over time, that elasticity increases, that demand increases. Don't get me wrong, I'm actually trying to understand how the Mm. nation should be engaging this conversation, because perhaps there might be many more like me, or representing this argument, who feel disempowered by the structure of the grant system, more especially against the lack of returns, really. These billions upon billions in this country are just not seeing, we are are not seeing that. So perhaps let's talk about the fact that this grant does so much more perhaps tying in with my first question, then the money itself. So the opportunity for business. Are we talking about businesses that have since migrated people from being grant recipients to those who no longer qualify? These stock and how they work and how they distribute their funds, do they, through that grant system, empower individuals or communities who are beneficiaries to the stock system that migrates them from the grant system into, open close quote, the formal economy? Can we talk about such things if they so exist?
2: Mm, yeah, so, so, I mean, again, I want to I want to push push you back a little bit onto the the point that the the child support grant sure. is intended for the child. So so that evidence is 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 quite strong that children are better nourished if they receive the child support grant, and they're ten percentage points more likely to stay in school as teenagers. Mm. So so you know the benefits to the child are, are very large, and. So I think that's been the focus of our research up until now, and I hear you that we need to also think about what are the other aspects that are underexplored in terms of, of, of what is the impact on, on prime-age adults, perhaps also living in those households, receiving the grants. But that hasn't, for the most part, been our focus. Mm-hmm, there, mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's, there's some evidence, um, and, and social develop, the Department of Social Development has, 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 has tried to implement schemes where they've spoken about grants plus and they said, can we, can we, for example, think about um, pilot schemes where women who receive grants are also engaging in market gardening or providing school meals or, or starting small bakeries. Mm-hmm. Again, it, 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 it does make the system that much more complicated when you start to, to, to think about a, a grant plus. Mm. But I, don't, I, I, I take your point that the... the, the there, there is a concern in the country that we need to think about something that's broader and isn't just about, about handing out cash.
1: Sure. Perhaps then on the other end of the spectrum, and I think this is where we can really talk to the true value of a grant, can we then imagine in a South Africa, replete with all her challenges as we know now, an environment where these, what, 12 to 13 million children did not at all have the security? of a ground system, what could we be talking about? I mean, I don't want to imagine how no, you
2: dire don't want to imagine these consequences exactly. are, but I mean yeah.
1: it is something for us to understand so that mm-hmm. irrespective of what pessimism there might be in relation to this, the reality is that this is what we are talking about I mean, the poverty line, food poverty line is 624 and you and I probably, and I'm, I'm not speaking from a disposition of knowing you, but I would just imagine by virtue of your title, 624 and you and I can spend that in a night and be relatively mm-hmm. indifferent about it. Yeah. But if it has to go stretch for a full 30-day, for a teenager, for instance, it's a very different conversation. So that grant, irrespective of what song is or things, it's important. It is necessary. It's the difference, quite frankly, between a meal, even if it's however many times that month, or nothing at all.
2: Exactly. So, I, I, I mean, more than more than 50% of households in the poorest, 10% of households, have no income other than the child support grant. So if you think about that, that, you know, it's not just feeding those children, but it's having to feed everybody in the mm. household. So it, I mean, it is a dire situation. If we woke up tomorrow and those 18 million grants weren't being paid, then you would, you know... Oh, you'd have civil war. You'd have into, civil it,
1: war that day.
2: It, 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 that's right. So, so I think that's another important aspect is that, you know, one, one is, with this money, one is buying a certain bare minimum level of social dignity for, for everybody. And that, and that's, you know, that's a constitutional requirement yes. that, we, that we look after our people.
1: No, that Section 27 is important. And perhaps what sort of tends to mar the system is also just the corruption within the enterprise between the department, her agents, SASA, the implementing agents, if the litigation of the last couple of years is anything to go by, and the odd S.I.U. and Hawks investigations and arrests, it 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 does make a little bit more difficult for one to perlate this enterprise, given how susceptible still from within it is to corruption.
2: It's incredible, and and it it it's, it's so. It's so disappointing because there should be a grant system that is very easy to administer. Everybody in this country has an ID number. I don't understand how it remains possible that civil servants who are on the payroll of the state and their ID numbers are known, how they are still able to enroll for, for, for grants illegally. Um, you know, it, 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 should be, it should be straightforward to root out that level of corruption yet we don't seem to have been able to
1: do that. We haven't. The number, again, to dial for those who are interested in participating. Beggy in KZN is on the line. For those who want to join, Beggy, 86 2032 Please call 086-000-2032. Beggy in KZN, in the same province, Scully. Beggy first.
0: Yes, uh, Good evening, uh, Sunday. That is it. Uh, yes, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And uh, it's just unfortunate that... Uh, Unfortunately, there is a period of which it was not just like I studied. The reason why there was a New Testament, it was just because the Old Testament was having inaccuracies. So we are having a period prior democracy and then democracy, and then now we've got posted uh, 28 years which means we've got to change everything. And unfortunately, we don't have that time because what is at stake now is taking our focus in analyzing what is it that is actually like taking place. You see, this country is in carrying financial burden of which it is not necessarily like necessary, especially to this uh, support child ch- support grant or whatever, grant which is actually like providing. You see, we've got a lot of sources or we or from which we can actually like solve that money without having the country being indebted, because at the end of the day we are going to be uh, indebted as a country. Then that is really like using then our uh, our standard towards actually uh, so like the country and running it uh, mm-hmm. then forward. And there is quite a lot of those uh, controversial issues because I don't understand that somebody who has got more than hundred billion, what is the reason for him to actually like work? Which means there is plenty of jobs, there is plenty, even policemen. You see, policemen, they take the focus and then they put it to somebody of whom I've got a camera surveillance, they have got a security guard. So even that calculation of which they actually like using, it is not a true calculation because it takes people of whom they are not at risk compared to other people. So there's quite a lot of people that's got to be sit down and make a and come the number of steps which should move forward and move backward. Then thereafter, we'll win this country. May God bless you. Thank you so much.
1: No, thank you, Thank you so much. I'm sure Professor Ingrid Wollard is dying to respond to that. Let's go to KZN. Scully still in Durban. Uh, good, good,
0: good evening to you, is A good show, and all your staff Mr. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Scully. Good,
0: good show. Singing long time no speak. Mind my voice, man. My input is the. Um, Old age pension should be increased, Think about three grand plus, you know?
1: Sure. Give it a thought. Thank you. Well, Ingrid, Good I'm show. sure I can certainly respond <laughs> to that. Ingrid, I don't know how much of the first caller's thoughts you were able to get so that you can respond, if at all.
2: Yeah, the the connection wasn't great. Maybe you can just make a, a sharp question around, around that. Or? No,
1: no, it's all right. We'll move on because I was actually trying to... Hope that you would have gotten, because I frankly didn't get what the first caller was saying. And with no disrespect there, Scully says, "Should we not engage the question of increasing the old age pension grant?"
2: Yes, so that? On that? That's, a, that's a difficult one. Um, you know, when one, one does understand that that you know, you know it's less than two thousand rand a month, it, 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 it obviously isn't a lot of money um, for somebody to live on. Mm. but it goes to your point earlier about about the fiscal sustainability so we have 3.7 um, million people on the old age pension and that number is growing so South Africans are living much longer which is, which is great news um, life expectancy has increased but we've dropped the age of, of uh, eligibility for, for the old age pension to the age of 60 for both men and women so that's you know, that's a demographic group that is growing quite quite rapidly. So to increase the old age pension beyond where the 1,985 rand where it is now is going to be very expensive. And I think that's where one needs to be a little bit cautious and say, well, you know, we're saying that a child needs to be fed and clothed and, and, and sent to school with taxi fare at 480 rand a month but an older person, we give 1,985 rand. So, I, you know, it's 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 difficult. It's really difficult to balance these things.
1: Let's take one more voice note, and then we wrap the show.
0: Good evening, Sonja So and the guest there. Uh, Sonia So, I just want to contribute in this following manner. You see the issue of SRD. It is very crucial and very important in terms of alleviating poverty. And I like the narrative that says, it does not stop the recipient of SRD to look for employment. But it is a tool that assists a person to get employment. So I, I want to implore government and those who are close to the echelon of decision making to say, can we have this money increased? So that's all I'm asking. It makes a huge difference to those people who are unemployed. Thank you.
1: Kotso, thank you so much for your thoughts. Donald in Rustenburg also. Good evening, my brother Songa is one of the brilliant team behind the scenes. Firstly, let me thank you for being a rare journalist of your caliber. Thank you, Donald. You're absolutely right. The grant reduced citizens next to nothing. Dignity must always be respected. Stephen in Port Shepston says, spend some time on taxpayers' money for the 350 rand grant or relive the reality of 2021 July. Mm-hmm. Have a great evening or oh, some thoughts there for your consideration, Ingrid. Final comment.
2: Yes. So, I mean, I think that point is so important is that is that there, there is a certain amount of social stability that we get through the provision of these grants. Even though the amounts are very small, it, it, it does mean that, that, that people are not quite so desperate. I think, you know, the, those events of July 2021 were very sobering. In terms of just the, that level of desperation that one saw from so many people, and so what we you know it goes back to your point at the beginning of the show to say, well what you know what else do we put in place? How do we get out of out of a situation in which people are are desperate are desperate that that so desperate that that three hundred and fifty rand is the difference between mm. eating and not eating, and you know that's that minimal level of existence can't be where we want to take this we need you know we need to think about how do we grow the economy how do we ensure that 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 everybody is 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 receiving more than that but not necessarily through a grant system
1: yeah well the road ahead is still long i bet but thank you so much for your thoughts i mean these are just critical conversations we should have and of course critically debated even so that we can better understand and i think if ever there was a way to end this program, it's precisely just to read what Stephen in Port Shepston says. For now at least, spend some of your taxpayers' money for the 350 Rand grant, Mm. and the option is pretty simple. It's that, or you just caught that much more July 2021. Fair point, absolutely fair point. Thank you so much, Ingrid. Much appreciated for your time.
2: Thank you so much. Have a great evening.
1: Certainly, we shall. You too. Professor Ingrid Wollard, contributor to the Sternbosch Business School's 2022 Women's Report, Women and Fiscal Policy, released by the S.B. Student, sorry, Sternbosch Business School in partnership with the SA Board for People Practices to mark Women's Month in August.